David, my friend. Sean, my friend. A lot of our a lot of our podcasts start with me saying David, my friend. Do they? Yeah, or or like the how are you? The how are you? I know. Am I reciprocal with that of saying like, hey, Sean, you're my friend too? Do you know that you're my friend? Am I making that clear? Like in general or in the yeah. podcast? Well, both. I was just talking to somebody today. the The guy I recommended to you for the job you asked about. Yeah, um, I, I was telling him. I'm like, if you get the chance, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna toot your whistle here for a second, David. Oh, please do. My car like, needs a wax and it's been I was a while. Like, my buddy David's gonna reach out to you. He's got the information about whatever the position is. But I'm like, if you get the chance to ever work with David, do it. Because A, I met David a couple years ago. This is what I told him. Like yeah. I met David a couple years ago. And had such a good time that we've become really good friends. We have hundreds of episodes of a podcast, like just <laughs> yep. hours and hours spent together. But he's just a great guy to be like, I, I, I'm his friend. I feel like that. Yeah. But I said, the other thing is working with him. I have never, and this is true. I have never worked with anyone who loves making films as much as you do. Like oh. being, seriously, like being on set with you. Everyone else, there'll be an eye roll. There'll be a, oh, if we don't get this stupid. Like, there's something. And you just have such a genuine enjoyment of every part of the process that it's just very easy and fun to work with you. So I I do feel your friendship that you're pushing back my way. And I hope that you feel mine as well. Do you see the radiation? Do you see me glowing? Sean, you have seen pregnant women before. Am I reflecting what a pregnant woman looks like? Is my skin glowing? Your Are beard, my teeth wired? Your wired? beard my looks te- exactly <laughs> like a pregnant woman's beard, David. Exactly. There's so much estrogen coming out of this mm-hmm. beard. It is just the beautiful. Thick beard on your chest hair. <laughs> the chest hair of a pregnant woman. Mm. That is amazing. Thank you, Sean. I needed that. And I'm not just saying that. <laughs> it's very soft, too. You know how people use beard lotion or just, like, oils on their beard? Well, I use it all over my full body. I'm like a seal. Like, if you rub your hand against me, I'm just pure rubber. Like, it's good. Like, rubber nice. in a good Water way. Not, repellent. like, dry rubber, but, like, I'm a wet rubber. That's good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody See, knows. I... I, by contrast, I'm so dry right now. So, like, my hands are cracking. Um, I've been using liquid Band-Aid I love liquid Band-Aid. It's hard to get liquid Band-Aid. I got a guy. You've got a liquid Band-Aid guy? I got a liquid Band-Aid guy. Can can you hook me up? (laughs) Maybe. It always takes, like, three weeks through Amazon. The store never has it. Or maybe I'm just going to the wrong store. It's always sold out. So I get it through Amazon. That takes forever. I have gotten mine from Schnooks. Schnooks? Yep. Wow. Okay. From, from Terry Schnook. Terry Schnook of, himself? One of the owners of Schnook's Market. Really? Him. Yeah. Him. Okay. Yeah. You know, Terry goes both ways. Yeah. You, it does. You don't know and which his, one it and is. his sister is also an owner. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and his sister is also Terry. I was going to say, <laughs> what great parents. You're both Terry. Get over so, it. So, no, hang on. Somebody famous did that. Uh, I don't uh, doubt that. Kanye Grill West. guy. Grill guy. Foreman. Guy Fieri. George Foreman. Uh, George Foreman. I've got I've, his grill. 
I believe all of George, like George Foreman has like 13 kids and they're all <laughs> named George. There is no way. I'm pretty sure that's true. I don't want to look that up and I just want to spread this. And it's going to be 13 exactly. There's 13 Georges and none yeah, of them are George uh, Jr. There's not George Baker's 1, 2, Dushin. 3. Yeah, I think it's all just George. And then maybe they go by their middle names. That's it could awesome. Be like George Herbert, George Herman, George <sighs> He-Man. George He-Man is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Save that one for third. Yeah. <laughs> Third's always the best. First is the worst. Sometimes they think second is the best, but third is the hairy chest. And what do we learn about hairy chest? They belong on pregnant women. Exactly. Yeah. And without pregnant women, we don't continue to move forward in society. Okay. We'll just die out as a race. You know the song Part of Your World from Little Mermaid? Oh, man. That's a deep pull. I haven't seen Little Mermaid since I was like, I don't know, 27. But you know the song. (laughs) Look at the stuff. I I haven't seen it since I was seven. Wouldn't you say my collection's complete? Mm-mm. Wouldn't you think I'm a girl? A girl? Who has? Who has a wooden collection? I forgot the name of the song already. Everything. Everything. Has everything. <laughs> I thought the song was more ubiquitous than apparently it is with you. No, all I know is Under the Sea. Yeah, that's not it. that song. Different that's song. The, that's the only song in Little Mermaid to me. The whole point of the story is there's a line where she says, bright young women, sick of swimming, ready to stand. Stand. And uh, to me, when I hear it, it always sounds like she's saying pregnant women, ah, not bright young women. Yeah. So pregnant women are ready to stand and deliver. Yeah. And, and not that the lyricists, and the lyricists behind Little Mermaid, they wrote Kiss the Girl, which is about... The movie assault. Kiss the Girl? No, the song. Uh, Go on and kiss the girl. Okay, yeah, I do know that song. Uh, and it's like, you know, don't even ask. Just kiss the girl. Like, bad messaging. So it's not a beyond them Hold to up. do something about pregnant women. Yes, go ahead. So that is bad. Yes. Okay. Putting... So you know how Hamilton is, like, taking history. I Hamilton. But uh, it doesn't matter. Do you know how Hamilton is like taking history, but like making it hip hoppy and fun and like kids are memorizing it and stuff because it's cool in a song now? So that's what it did. Yeah, that's what it did. Okay. I know nothing that's of Hamilton. That's what Little Mermaid did to sexual harassment. They Hamiltoned it. They were just like, what if we made this ca- <laughs> What if we made this catchy? <laughs> this don't wait for consent. <laughs> and so. To think that they would single out pregnant women in a song is not yeah. that far of a walk. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. The, the Little Mermaid, though, like the original fairy tale is really dark. You should I don't look know into the original it. Fairy tale. Look into it. it okay. It's it is a, a grotesque little tale. I just so the make fact a that they were like, let's make this a movie, is already a bad thing. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I want to write down things to look up afterwards. George, George Foreman's, Foreman's children, children <laughs> and, and the original Little original Mermaid tale. Little Mermaid. Got it. Done. That's a good list. Yeah, what did, I what do I like, have? I have a list. The, oh, so yeah. I grew up terrified of fire, largely because of an episode of I think Growing Pains, where the house burned down. Nice. Uh, 
and I may have talked about that before on the podcast, but there's a scene where uh, they're like cleaning out the attic and before they go down for dinner, he finds this lamp and he plugs it in and turns it on. Nothing happens. They're like, oh, well, and they go downstairs and as they turn, a couple sparks fall out of the lamp. Ooh. And then they go downstairs and then the house catches on fire and bad news. I like that's not a thing that sparks don't fall out of a light. That's not right. how lights work. That's not how electricity works. But that has terrified me to this day, and I'm very scared of fire. Little Mermaid, though, they have a fire in the opening scene, I think. Underwater? Uh, there's a boat, a pirate okay. ship that's on fire, and then, like, the guy falls, jumps in, and that's where she sees him. Um, like, that's where they have this first contact of pregnant mermaid with uh, with land mammal guy. Yeah. Um, I think that's his name, Land Mammal. Land guy. Mammal, yeah, yeah, Land, L A N. Oh, it's L A M G, Lamge. Lamba. <laughs> oh, Lamba. He's a Lamba. He's like Lando. Yeah, like Lando Calrissian, but, but, but he was Lambo, the sheep man. Exactly, and <laughs> drove confusingly a Lamborghini. That is so wild. Yeah, but this pirate ship catches on fire. Pirate, this ship catches on fire on the water, and that yeah. just added this whole other level of terrifying of like, what, what if your boat catches on fire? What do you like? That's the worst because then you sink, also, you, you burn or you drown. It's one of the two, yeah. That's the the, the Titanic syndrome. They should Hamilton a, the Titanic, by the way. That's a ton of violence in that movie that scared me, like fire. Uh, sexual harassment. There's a lot in there that's bad, but I think that fire in particular and the violence of that fire stuck with me for years. And that's why even as a boatsman, oh, I'm always checking to make sure there's a fire extinguisher on board. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to buy you a little, you know how people carry around that pocket-sized mace? I do know how people carry around that pocket size. I'm going to get you a pocket-sized fire extinguisher. It's not going to really put out a fire, but it'll make you feel safe. Honestly, that would love, I would love that. <laughs> I got to cool figure out how to make it or if it exists, but it's going to happen. If de- Depending on how much is in there, I mean, you could spray it out pretty quickly and then smear it around with your foot or something and extinguish. There like, we go. As long as you controlled it a little bit, got some gunk on it that you could spread around. Yeah. You could get that. Yeah. 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 Or you could, you could put it on your body like lotion and then roll in the fire. My FPV drone uses batteries that are essentially ticking time bombs and could explode at any moment. Oh, that's uh, terrifying. Yeah. It, so now next to my charging station, I have a big fire extinguisher, um, and I only charge these batteries in my oven. That's true. I close my oven, so if they do explode or light on fire, it's contained in my oven. Uh, oh, I okay. So I totally misunderstood that. I thought you meant to charge your batteries, you turn on your oven, and you throw them inside. And I was going to say, Sean, I don't think that's how battery charging works. It's not? (laughs) If you're trying to avoid a fire, you're doing it all wrong. I saw a video on TikTok that I thought thought that's what I saw. It was six seconds, so I couldn't – I had to sort of – Yeah, you didn't get to the end. Yeah. (laughs) All this was to say, Little Mermaid's a violent movie. Yeah. And Wait. speaking of violence. Yeah, good transition. Look at that. You. My segue, man. Yeah. Thank you. Always on it. Uh, this book, this original Hardy and Sons, uh, this original Hardy Boys book, is a violent book. 
It's a very violent book, and we've already gone in, like, briefly into some of the violence with the pranks. And the pranks have always been violent, but it gets way worse. Yeah, this is straight up assault and battery. Yeah, this is like straight murder towards children and straight children trying to murder adults. Yeah, and not the kind of fun battery that can explode in your oven, but like <laughs> the kind of battery that leaves marks. And, and not the kind of fun assault, like the kind you put on your eggs. Do you think Just a little this... bit of salt. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Do you think that... But we're going we're gonna to make some Is leaps that here. A children's book characters, though? You have... A piece of salt, so you have a salt, and then you have his friend who's a battery, a salt and battery. I think <laughs> I want to say like there's there's like an improv group or something at my uh, college, which was the Assaulted Nuts. I, I like that. Yeah, that is very good. <laughs> that is awesome. Is uh, nuts with a Z? Probably. Yeah, it should be. I don't know why it wouldn't be. Yeah, it's got to be. But you were saying, do I think, Sean, sometimes I think, think about trains and squirrels. So uh, it was funny. Yeah. This this prank in the 20s was funny. Funny enough that the editor was like, oh, my God, you just wrote this whole scene about two boys beating the crap out of each other. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Let's go to print. This is great. This this whole can, scene, it's really you know, can we actually increase boom. the, you know, aftermath of maybe like slamming his head in a windowsill? Oh. I wonder if they were like, we should who was it? Biff? Or no, Phil. Phil Cohen, was the recipient, baby. right? Yeah. Yep. Phil uh if uh, the writer was like, What if after Chet beats Phil, Phil puts Chet in a guillotine and cuts his head off. And the publisher was Ooh. like, uh, let's not go full guillotine, but let's, we can close a window on his neck. <laughs> we well, get compromised we'll with window. There yeah. is a terrific the video. The poor man's guillotine. <laughs> There's a great video of Matt Berry. I don't know if you know who Matt Berry is. He is really famous over in britain he's a comedian he's got a show called toast of london like okay. he is the funniest I know, dude I know, ever i know chuck berry chuck berry yeah and he his is, cousin and marvin. his cousin matt and marvin yeah so there's this marvin video <laughs> there's this video online of matt berry reading matt stone the co-creator of south park's letter to the mpaa of what they'll agree on with the South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut movie. And you have to watch it. Okay. It is so funny. And it ends with Matt Stone saying, P.S., this has been my favorite memo ever to write. Because it's like, we'll agree with you on this sequence. And he spells out everything that happens as vulgarly as possible. And it's just so great. I'll check it. It's, it's on the list. I'm writing down the That's list. That's a good list. Smart man. Um. Where were we going? We were going with violence of what the editors were thinking of just like oh, saying like, I, yeah, let's let's not do the full head chop off. But maybe there's like a little bit of bruising around his neck, maybe some swelling. Maybe you could just keep smashing it until you break a few vertebrae. And, and I had started to pose to you, do you think that in this time in the 20s, if this was funny, this sort of just physical, this is not a clever prank hitting somebody. Yeah. <laughs> You're just punching someone. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Next time I get in, in trouble for assault, I'm going to say it was a prank. 
I mean, I guess it's a good thing they didn't have like late night TV comedians in the 20s because the show would have just been like, hey, and we've got a new comedian on this week. They're going to punch someone in the head. It sounds like the Three Stooges. And, well, hey, that's a, so my, my point is, do you think that kids who grew up reading this stuff and finding it funny, that that informed their worldview to an extent of like, if it was this normal, not that the book was necessarily promoting all of this, but this culture of acceptance of, yeah, we hit each other and it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. I think so. I think in movies, I grew up on the Three Stooges, so I found hitting people funny. There's a movie called How High where a character puts baby powder in his hand and he goes up and he slaps people. So there's this giant like dust of smoke and we did that when we were in seventh grade you don't have to say there's this movie called how high (laughs) i know okay good (laughs) not a lot of people know that's like saying there's a movie called citizen kane (laughs) there's this movie i don't know if you know of the method man or the the man who is red I listen. Uh, I listen to some pretty obscure artists. You probably haven't heard of Beach Boys, Rolling Stones, <laughs> just some underground, <laughs> some underground beach rock. Gloria Stefan. Yeah, is that who sings know. Congo? <laughs> Come on, everybody, what? I'm gonna do that Congo. No, you can't control yourself any longer. Feel the rhythm of the beat. Get it, Tonga. Chimichanga. Chimichanga, baby. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Great I think that song. song's called Chimichanga. It's called Chimichanga. Yeah. Come on, Jimmy, now make that Chimichanga. I know you can't resist the taste any longer. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> Feel the bread in the oven growing longer. Da, 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 da. Chimichanga. Bah, da, da, da. That's a hot track. I love that track. Too much. I was just wondering how long you would go. Like if I just sat here. All day. Could All we, day. Could I'll fill the void. fill the rest of the podcast with yeah. Chimichanga. Chunga. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so violent pranks oh yeah and these these violent delights have violent ends nice and, uh, thank you i know that reference um but there's not just that violence and there's two other pieces that i wanted to touch on uh the first of which i guess before we get to before we get to snakes, I want to talk about snakes <laughs> and, and, the, and the, the treatment of snakes. We have to address the the panzer in the room. The panzer in the room. The kids are armed. Oh, okay. Yeah. The kids are definitely armed. And what it, I it is was... very bizarre to read, too. Yeah. 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 Not only are they armed, and I guess in the 20s, uh, that was maybe more normal that a 15 year old would just take a gun, but compared to everything else that these kids do where they've got a crime lab, they know how to use microscopes. They, they've got motorcycles. They don't know how to, they know how to fix the motorcycles. They know how to tune their boats and like, you know, they're spending time tuning up the engines. They're so capable. Yeah. But there's this gap with guns where it's not like, they were good marksmen themselves and had been trained on the range with their father who had just, no, they both took guns from their dad's <laughs> trophy dro- case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it says that they, uh, they, ha- they took guns. It, Fenton Hardy often received guns as gifts for solving cases. Just like John Milius. Who? John Milius. He was, you ever seen the big Lebowski? 
Uh, of course yeah. you have. Obviously, you're not a golfer, but uh, John Goodman's character, Walter, is based off of a writer in Hollywood whose name was John Milius. And John Milius, sometimes, he wrote like Jeremiah Johnson, Conan the Barbarian, Red Dawn. Yeah. And sometimes he told how the high. studios how high, the classic how high. Mm-hmm. And when he was writing his movies, sometimes he would tell people, I don't want to be paid in money. I want you to buy me these very rare guns. And there were like stories of Milius going in to talk to executives who wanted to like change his script. And he went in there with a shotgun. And he was like, you're not changing a word. So that character of Walter in The Big Lebowski is a toned down version of John Milius in real life. Interesting. So terrifying. he also paid Absolutely guns. terrifying. Yeah, he's from Missouri. So that explains a lot. Oh, so is John Goodman. So is uh, Johnny Good, yeah. But uh, yeah, for the, for the kids to like... I'm imagining these are not like well kept gu- like these are trophy guns. Yeah, this is in the same way that like if you got a bowling trophy, the little guy on top isn't necessarily a good bowler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he might be. I don't know. I can tell you on my bowling trophy, my guy's not a good bowler. He's never even rolled the ball. He just continues to hold it frozen in time as if he's being sucked into a black hole. And I'm just viewing him from afar. Just frozen in time. Just frozen in time, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they Dude, that's they a good, don't have What guns. if that is like a little Horton Here's a Who world? That bowler is actually really bowling, but we're just so far away. He's in a different gravitational zone that we don't know what's going on. Whoa! Will you please write the sequel to Horton Hears a Who? Well, yeah, with the bowling trophy. Called Horton Hears a When, and it plays with the space-time continuum. Well, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sean, yeah, this is happening because Dr. Seuss is hot right now. Everyone is loving him. His books are selling out. There's six of them that completely sold out forever. (laughs) (laughs) With some great messages for children. <laughs> Horton hears a win. I like that. Sorry, tangential. You, what we were talking about the guns, and the drawer, and Deuce. Do I think I believe? Yeah, they just take guns from their dad, which seems like of all things to just take. Like their dad gives them motorcycles and boats and a crime lab, but I feel like this is the one, the first thing they've done that's like. Their dad would be ashamed of them. Like they're they're doing this behind their dad's back. Like oh, we took some of dad's trophy guns. Yeah. I, I hope one of them has the gun that uh, Jack Nicholas has as the Joker. There's Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Oh, okay. I was so confused. I should have put Nicholas that one is together. The sorry, I, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I don't know golfers. You know this. No. In the Obviously, end, I'm he, not a golfer. When he shoots down the bat plane with that pistol that has like a four foot barrel on it. Almost. Yeah. I was going to say it could be like a blunderbuss. Oh, not this again. Yeah. Like the pirate guns. We're bringing them back. <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> They took his dad's trophy guns. I just imagine these guns are decorated like peacocks. Like there's feathers and everything on them. Like oh, if yeah. it's a trophy gun, it's got to be decorative. They're plastic. They don't fire. Yeah, I said the firing the pins are removed. The this. boys don't know that. Yeah. It's not even the firing. Like they're like prop guns. It's just a, a hard rubber gun. <laughs> we'll be safe. 
grab one that of these. That would actually be pretty awesome if Fenton knew that they would break in. So he put fake guns into his drawers and he's like, well, this will keep the boys busy. No, I, I liked your, your other idea, though, of doing the Bob Lee swagger move of I swapped all the firing <laughs> pins before I left. Guns yeah. don't shoot. It all comes back to shooter, baby. Guns don't oh, shoot. Oh, Bob Lee. <laughs> guess Bob Lee didn't think he was expendable. <laughs> Best line ever. I'm afraid to rewatch that movie because I know that's going to kill me. I'm going to just get a really bad cramp. It's going to be like me laughing at the small teeth in the last episode. That's oh, that was good stuff. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. Your artwork was fantastic, by the way. <laughs> it was disturbing. It, was, it, was. it took me... See, the past two times you've sent me the graphic before I've posted the... Uh, episode. The, the episode, which yeah. means I haven't written a title for the episode yet. And I was really... I wanted there to be a connection between the artwork oh. and the title. And I, I knew I wanted it to be about teeth, but so I, I, was, I didn't want the joke to be the same as the, the picture artworks. of like... Yeah. sexy tiny teeth or something like i didn't want to do that so i just went with hot teeth and i figured that that might attract someone who has not yet seen the thumbnail like they're clicking on it from a list and then yeah. they they hit that sweet sweet heart i made teeth. the mouth so big too just to make the <laughs> teeth even smaller not only does the dentist make the teeth smaller but they actually do a mouth enlargement procedure that is awesome. Oh, mm. imagine what that mouth looks like closed. That's the, yeah. the scary thing. Yeah, those lips are going to go wide, almost like a platypus's. Does a platypus? Platypus a, has wide lips. I thought they have a bill. Duck bill platypus. Yeah, isn't a bill wide, though? Wouldn't you consider that wide? Yeah, yeah but a bill doesn't have lips. Oh, what the Fam- bill's like a lip, right? Famously, that's why chickens don't kiss, because they don't have lips. They don't rub their bills together? No. Well, they're so also what they afraid do? of getting chirpies. <laughs> oh! oh! End it! A lot of birds it's, it's are afraid over. of getting chirpies. The show is over. I mean, how do you top that? Chirpies? I, I, chirpies. It's a canarial disease. <laughs> making this up right now no that's that was straight stolen from uh one of my biology professors dr davis uh in college who was like the most straightforward dry guy just a very quiet reserved man uh but and delivered that deadpan <laughs> just just laid that out in front of us and like we're all taking notes and he's talking about like he made the joke first of like a lot of people think that chickens don't kiss because they don't have lips <laughs> but actually it's because they're afraid of getting chirpies <laughs> uh, was the disease the uh canarial yeah he, he followed up that uh, is his as his one two three punch yeah i hope this guy is pursuing a career in comedy because that's amazing. That could be he's, the greatest joke I've not, ever heard. He's not. He's, he's not. A brilliant scientist. It was It was through him that I did my causal analysis of ectodermal epiboly and gastrolating xenopislavis embryos. And those are frogs. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that, but you do. I definitely know that. Although I can't recite what you just recited. I, I know it relates to frogs. 
Which are uh, amphibians. I've heard that. <laughs> I don't know as much about frogs as you do. Uh, I know that they have lips, though. They do have lips, so they can kiss. I was thinking chickens had really long tongues, though, so they just, like, almost like a frog, just went, and they slap tongues, almost like slapping hands, but just with long tongues. Yeah. But yeah. it's the, the presence of lips on a frog that makes it possible to be kissed to become a prince. A prince, yeah. You could never kiss a chicken into a prince. I'm trying to think of a good pun here, but I just, I don't have anything. Well, tell you what, let's take a break and you can think of something during the break, which no one else knows is going to be like 10 seconds. So you don't yeah, actually have I a don't lot have of time. any time at all. But during this, this break, everyone else is going to hear an ad and then we're going to come back and they're going to think you've had a really long time. Okay. I like this. All right. And with that, the boys took a break and we're back. I'm just we're, we're, we're back. <laughs> no, we're, we're really taking a break now. Okay. Yeah. Do your thing. I'm going to try and think. And we're back. And we're back. Sean. How'd you do? Uh, it is the frog formerly known as Prince. Nice. No, it's not. It's terrible. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's that good. The chicken formerly known as Prince. It's frog? Prince. We were trying to make chicken Prince puns. It was a chicken Prince. That's yeah. the thing. The chicken formerly known as Prince. Yeah. Would that make sense? Prince, because Prince wasn't a frog. Prince Henry. Okay. Yeah. There we go. There we go. But it would have to be the frog formerly known as Prince Henry. That works. Yeah. This we got it. Run. We got yeah. it. We got it. <laughs> I don't know if the sound effects board dialed in today, so I can't. Uh, oh, that yeah, would have been I a good one. Rats. And, of course, the frog formerly known as Prince Henry is voiced by uh, Kermit Connery. There you go. Yeah, it all is full circle, baby. There you go. It <laughs> was almost a little Yoda. So we've established that the boys have taken guns. Yes. It's, Ill it's ill-advised. They are underprepared. And in spite of them talking about all the training they do for boat safety and, and things like that, uh, all the, the workouts they do in the gym to be prepared to be detectives, yeah, uh, there's <laughs> no mention of gun training. And in fact, sort of a nod to its absence. Yeah. And so with that as the baseline, with that established, there's several scenes that involve guns throughout this, this book. Too many. Which one would you like to explore first? Well, the first one I remember takes place on the uh, the boat scene where they think they see Chet. Is that the first one that really comes about in this? Yes. Okay. So let's just go in order. Let's tackle it. So the first scene in the boat. Which I believe is on page 95 the first time we... Take me there. Tell me about it. So we have the boys, Joe and, and Frank, are on this schooner, which be, they think they see the Chet, you know, look alike, whatever. The schooner <laughs> is a sailboat, by the way, Mallrat Thank style. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my notes in here. Uh, so they get on, and it says, The schooner was in an uproar. A revolver roared from the shadows, and the darkness was cleft by a crimson splash. Hob of thieves! 
yelled the voice from behind. Catch them! So, from Joe and Frank getting on this boat, now they're getting shot at. And that one, I was just like, okay, well, that's bad. But then we get this. He was not far from the side of the schooner, and he raced his schooner. <laughs> schooner. God. Schooner, right? Is it skewed? It's schooner, yeah. It is schooner. I keep saying schooner. Like school. Yeah, but I have a friend whose last name is Schoon. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Schooner. And he raced for the uh, <laughs> for the rail just as half a dozen figures came plunging out of the gloom, their heavy boots thudding tremendously on the deck. Again, the revolver crashed out, and again, the tongue of crimson flame licked its way through the blackness. And here it comes. The bullet passed within a few inches of Joe's head, and he ducked instinctively. Jeez. <laughs> this is this big old tracer just blowing his hair back and everything. Yeah, it went past his head, but it hit Frank. Inches from ending this book series. Yeah. <laughs> like, could you imagine if he got struck and he doesn't, like, get function back? Like, you know, he lives. Oh, yeah. And then he's, it, like, he's the bad guy and diamonds and are forever. Yeah, where he can't feel pain. Yeah. I think it was Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, but I would yeah. say it wouldn't be until, like, book 20 that he would be even ready to, like, venture out again to get yeah. on his motorcycle. <laughs> but, yeah, and then they jump in the water, and they're still shooting rounds into the water. Yeah, now it's Saving Private Ryan. And what – I get that – I mean, we didn't even establish that these people on the schooner are criminals. No, not at all. And we also and only know that they think they might be harbor thieves. Were harbor thieves enough to be a, a reason to be shot at? Especially harbor thieves that are running for the rails. Like, they're yeah. gone. The, the threat to you is over. Let's just crash the revolver a couple more times. Let's lick that flame through the dark. <laughs> yeah. Most people would shoot into the air, just be like, I have a gun. Boom, boom, boom. And this way you're only killing birds. Or people using those, uh, was it Da Vinci who came up with those wings? Yeah. 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 So people mm -hmm. using those wings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or whatever they use in Three Ninjas 2, where they're, they're like parasailing or whatnot. Yeah, Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. No, or that's kickback. Three kickback. Ninjas kickback. 3. Kickback. Excuse kickback. me. Kickback. You've kickback. got it. I'm so yeah. sorry. It's okay. But they shot Knuckle Up first, believe it or not. And Knuckle really? Up is actually a really violent movie. There's a whole scene where the bad guys essentially like pour gasoline into this tunnel that the boys are running away from and they blow it up. <laughs> I remember that. And in, I remember not because the guy lights a lighter. Yeah. And drops it down into this like sewer system that the boys yeah. are in. And for me at the time, and. I haven't thought of this movie. I've only seen it once. I haven't thought of it in years. But I remember, I didn't really know how lighters worked back then. But in my experience, and I, I'm guessing now, it's a Zippo lighter. Yeah. Where like you light it and it stays lit. But the only lighter that I knew of at the time was like the sort of, you know, flick lighter where yep. like a Bic, you flick it and you hold down the button. And as long as you hold it, the flame's on. And I remember being like, what a dumb idea 
to <laughs> to strike this lighter and then drop it down a hole because it's going to be out by the time it lands down there. Like you're, you've just lost a lighter. Now you have a wet lighter that's down in a hole. That's not going to work, you idiots. I love that that and was then, your thought process. And then at some point, in my, my older brother got me into cigars. Nice. For, like He got into cigars, and then when I turned 18, I was a cigarsman. We've, this has come up on the podcast. But because of that, I was given and had bought for myself several different Zippos, some, some nice lighters. I for, loved Zippos, too. For cigar. Yeah. Yeah. And after I learned about Zippos... It was, you know, however, it was a decade and a half after I had seen Three Ninjas, Three Knuckle Up, but I had the like, oh my God, <laughs> this is probably the kind of lighter they used in Three Ninjas Knuckle Up to drop down the pipe. I am going to do the Mandela effect on you because now that you think it's a Zippo, I'm going to find that clip, re-edit it, and crudely paste in one of the old flicker lighters, the, the Vicks or whatever, Bix. Is it Bix or Vix? Bix. Vix, Vix is the with vapor the rub. Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's good stuff. It's, it's, it's great stuff. They're your passages. Oh, it's my good. Gosh. Have you ever it's used amazing. a little inhaler? No. They've got just a little guy. It looks like a tube of chapstick, and it's just got a hole in the tip and then some holes near the bottom, and you just sort of push it up against your nostril oh. and breathe in, and it just it's I a have hit. used that. It's mm. been... It has mm. been years. I used that when I was a kid. Mm. You know what kind of is close to that uh, that feeling? Cocaine. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if you have the good, you know, a good clean cut. If if it's a good quality, high quality, you know, drug, then then we're talking. But peppermint oil. If you get some essential oils and get peppermint and rub it on your temples, oh, I mean, it's it's everything. It's like it's it's a, it's the god's nectars. It's like they put the Oh my god. So this is a vial, this is a vial of eucalyptus oil. Oh, there I you go. Can't get to my peppermint oil. It's all the way over here. But man, this eucalyptus it's the same thing. You just get the little There's a reason they call them essential oils. They are much needed. Oh yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, give me a good facial expression off of that cuz I'm going to live vicariously here. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Mm, you yeah, you yeah. I, I will say that my life a lot of the things that have been altered by the pandemic are probably for the better yeah um, i would some, agree some of my routines and stuff and i was working out at the ymca which is a a disgusting place as you know you used to work there uh yep and i would walk barefoot in the locker room um yep like i would wear i would wear sandals to shower and stuff but then i would step off of my sandals to put on you know whatever and uh, I don't miss any of that. Like that's all stuff that I'll be fine without. But what I really do miss is the steam room. Oh. I loved myself a steam room. I was just talking about saunas. I have a friend who lives in Germany and she was telling me that their saunas, they actually not just pour water on the rocks, but it's scented water. Mm-hmm. where they have oils and she was saying like it's a great smell like the room is beautiful the steam is great and i felt robbed that all of my sauna experiences had just been sloshing water on these rocks so this this little vial of eucalyptus oil that i'm holding i bought because somebody at the y came into the steam room one day and like dropped some 
drops of of eucalyptus uh, oil uh, in the steam room and that happened and i was like i need that in my life so i ordered myself some eucalyptus oil and uh and i never looked back so what does it do just uh it's like a pepperminty smell kind of thing or i've never used it yeah it's it's similar it, in peppermint's more uh stingy i would say yeah eucalyptus like this is a bit more gentle but it goes to it's still it lights you up. It's that cooling sensation. All right, yeah, give me some of this. Yeah. Now we're talking. Highly recommend. Now we're rolling. Um, the second instance of violence that really struck me was that they got to Black Snake Island, which again, yeah. <laughs> Hermit Island was in the rewrite. Black Snake Island was the original island they went to, and Black Snake Island was named that cleverly because on this island there were a lot of black snakes. Yes. And there's Big a ones scene. Too. I want to. I want to find it. You might have to fill time for me here, um, but okay. So I it's believe definitely... it's on one hundred and eight. Oh, look at you! The island into the cave into the. Yeah. Oh well. Here, here's one hundred and eight. Got your gun? Yes. Frank patted his hip. Both boys had provided themselves with revolvers before leaving home. They were yeah. not adept with firearms, but the nature of their mission had prompted them to prepare for any emergency. That's not how you prepare for an emergency. (laughs) You don't just grab a gun you don't know how to use. (laughs) Yeah, just in case something happens. It's okay, Sean. It's just a small and efficient-looking automatic pistol. It's just for protection. An automatic, too, like this. Yeah, it's like that Uzi John Travolta has in the end of Face Off. (laughs) Oh, I missed those. You don't see, like, Uzis or anything in movies anymore. Everything now is, like, automatic shotguns, AR-15s and things like that. We've gotten away from the old classic Uzis. Well, I think they wanted to make it more relatable, and most of Amer- most Americans own an AR-15. So yeah. you want, you want a, a gun that's going to resonate with audiences. Yeah, that's true, but it's, there's something so cool about an Uzi. Yeah, especially I mean, for in hunting. movies. In, well, definitely for hunting. Yeah. But only for uh, fawns. <laughs> nice. That's the, uh, so they're on Black Snake Island, and I've, I've got to read this scene here. Um, they struck out along a faint trail, blah, blah, blah. Frank was striding along in advance, gazing at the thicket ahead when he suddenly came aware of a disturbance in the grass almost at his feet. Some sixth sense warned him of danger. That's... That strange tickling of the man's spine, of the spine, man's instinctive reaction to the presence of a hidden peril made him look down. Immediately in front of him lay a huge black snake. The reptile was easily five feet in length, and as the boys leapt, as the boy leaped back, he could hear a prolonged hissing. The snake writhed and twisted, and his head came into view from amid the grass, the red tongue flickering wickedly. Now, already we've begun to vilify this snake, who, again, is at home. This yeah. is Black Snake Island. This is where he lives. Yeah. And some some punk kid with a, <laughs> with a toy gun <laughs> has just come in. He's basking in the sun, trying to get a tan. Yeah. And, uh, and somebody almost stepped on him. But... He flicked his tongue, and that's how snakes smell, by the way. Yes. So all he was doing was trying to smell, smell this kid a little bit. Yeah, and you know this kid had cookies in his pockets. Yeah, and Franklin yeah. Dixon says he's flicking his tongue wickedly, <laughs> which I don't know how you flick your tongue wickedly, and I would not like to watch you try. 
Oh, you read my mind. Frank saw that the snake was coming directly at him. He leapt to one side and at the same time snatching his automatic from his hip pocket. So, oh yeah, automatic <laughs> gun. He had no he had not time to aim, but he pressed the trigger and pumped two shots in the direction <laughs> of the reptile. Yeah, this is I would say not adept at gun. I like gun control. pumped too cuz that just means you know he was going like boom. Oh yeah, boom. this was a, <laughs> the, the He did the kill shot sideways. The sideways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only what he had seen in the movies. Yeah. The snake stopped dead. Then swiftly began to coil itself up in readiness to strike. Don't say stopped dead if it's not dead. Yeah, that's like, what this I'm is the one so time where that doesn't about. work. Yeah, I had to read this part a few times on the first read. So, like, so I it's thought not it was dead. dead. It just stopped dead. <laughs> dead in its tracks, but not dead. Uh, not a word had been spoken. Freak had blundered back against Joe, who was unaware of the cause of his brother's sudden alarm. He quickly grasped the situation, however, and looked about him. I have to say, in the, on the previous page, we got this... Uh, this sixth sense warned him of danger, that strange tickling of the spine, man's instinctive reaction yeah. to the presence of a hidden peril. That's what Frank has. Joe <laughs> is behind his brother who just pulled a gun and shot it's twice at a firing. snake that's yeah. hissing, and Joe's unaware of the cause of his brother's <laughs> sudden alarm. So Frank has spidey senses tingling with the snake. Joe is unaware of these gunshots being fired in front of him. Hey, what's going on, man? One might say snaky senses, but yeah. Oh, I missed an easy you one. You did. You did. It was an easy slam dunk there. A close at hand, almost hidden by the grass, was a heavy stick. He bent and quickly snatched it up. <laughs> Which, okay. So before we get into this... I thought that that was going to be another snake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, let me grab this stick. Lifts it up. Ah! Little did he know. Yeah. Why did it have to be snakes? The heavy stick was actually a black snake holding really, really still. <laughs> it was also stop dead. Quick, said Frank, taking it from him. He brandished the stick and brought it down with terrific force upon the snake. The first blow did not kill the reptile, although it rendered it helpless. The hissing continued. The scarlet tongue flickered like flame. Then the, bro- then the boy brought the stick down again. It crushed in the evil black head. I'm going to read that again. It crushed in the evil black head. A few spasmodic wiggles. Oh. And the snake lay still. <laughs> so this really hit me in a number of ways. Uh, but first was crushing in. Well, I guess first is the evil blackhead. Yeah. This snake, again, this is was chilling. on an island, not bothering anybody, just yeah. enjoying himself. And then some kid comes through, shoots at it. Yeah. And then crushes in the head. Well, what hurts, and that, too, is... That's graphic. It's not the double, you know, gunshot that kills it, nor is it the first whack at it. I mean, it is just like the first whack essentially paralyzes it. So it's still there just like... Feeling pain. beats it again and again. It's like, listen, if you're going to kill a snake, at least just... 
get it on the first try. And this to was me, probably a little also, garden snake. There's a, there's also a subtle difference between crushing its head and crushing in its head. One is definitely wetter than the other, and they went with the wet one. Oh, you know he did this thing where he took the stick afterwards and he like just took it, placed it over the head, and pushed it down and put force on it and started twisting it. He's one of those people. I didn't need you to take me there. I took you there, but you know that's what he did. I would like to see a movie made of this where at the time there's they don't get to use music and they just let this play out in real time in sort of the silent, the peaceful birds chirping. They're on an island in nature and yeah. just Frank out of breath beating the life out of an animal. <laughs> I do like it. It's and the director, a... the director just nodding, just, you know, behind the camera, like, yeah, good. Hit it again. Okay. Uh, one more time. Do it again. <laughs> again. All right. See if you can crush in the head. Let's get a new snake. Let's get a new snake for this guy. Terry. No, Terry the girl. Get a snake. With... <laughs> George. No, no George. Uh, George. Uh, was George has been on man. George Foreman. George. No, other George Foreman. Yeah. George He-Man. <laughs> Heyman. George Heyman. <laughs> George Heyman Foreman. Heyman's over there. He's just got a big 55-gallon drum filled with black snakes, and he's just shoveling them out. <laughs> it's fine. Run away, boss man. Head. <laughs> All right, now really bring down the heavy stick one more time. I like so there's a a story about this you know there's this film that a director named uh, Kieslowski did or his last name is Kieslowski anyways. There's a scene where he wanted a sugar cube to melt in exactly 7 seconds. So he had an assistant test out like hundreds of sugar cubes to get the perfect amount of time for this uh, this dissolve. So yeah, I imagine that's how that director is with the heads, where it's just like a hundred snakes lined up, and he's just looking at mm. which one's going to crush in exactly seven seconds, because yeah. I want it to be long, but not too long, but I want the audience to suffer through it. I, I want it to take a while for that skull to pop. Yeah, and I hope that afterwards they just sat with the, with the silence. Just it, it got <laughs> awkward and gross and... And then the director, like, it's very silent, just goes, again? <laughs> <laughs> Camera up. Whoops, we weren't rolling. I pressed record, He's but it was enough, already recording man. before. It's like, dude, where's my car where they're beating up the... <laughs> so uh, leave him alone. He doesn't yeah, know anything. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> uh, oh. And then, yeah, Frank goes, whew. What a big brute he is. You're yeah. bigger than that snake. Yeah, much bigger. And you have a gun. Yeah. <laughs> which, oh, it's lucky for me you saw the stick, declared Frank. He was coming right for me, and the automatic wasn't much use. That's because you're not aiming, and it makes yeah, that clear adept. that you just threw it out, and you tried to, like, do a wanted move where you're curving this bullet. <laughs> Into the snake. Oh, so that that was the other big scene that really, like, for them to, I mean, I guess it's not that much of a stretch. But if in chapter two, you have two human boys beating the the just living daylights out of each other with sticks, yeah, uh, that's doing foreshadowing. It to a snake is yeah, right on brand. Yeah, <laughs> frankly, man, he was just 
He was using switches nonstop at, at this time in his life, maybe on his children. Well, if he's writing getting his books, primal. if he's if he's getting a cabin in the woods for a month to write these books, <laughs> then I have to imagine like the inspiration. Like he was out for a walk that morning. He's like, "Hey, a bird! I should beat this." <laughs> <laughs> just standing there a moment later next to the, the dead bird and he's like oh i have an idea on what the boys can do on black snake island this is another great skit a bird watcher and then you hard cut to just bam 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 <laughs> and then he breathes for a second and then you have that kind of reset you're like what just happened and then it's a close-up of the bird and then all of a sudden you see the stick enter frame and it just lowers down <laughs> next to it. Hot track. Mmm. is right. Mm. Yeah, and then there's just a bunch more of firearms, right? Later on, I think. Yeah, the 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 other scene with firearms, like the last one that I wanted to to really call out was um, in the very end, when the what is it? Revenue officers. Oh yeah, you're darn too. It's the revenue officers. Uh, oh, this is when I was actually using the highlighter function. Good on you. Same, me. yeah. That was like two hundred, two hundred three is what I'm on now. That's when the revenue officers come in. Yeah, two oh six. Here we go. Um, sudden. So at this point in the story, the the officers have arrived and they're they're on the island with tony and the rest of them um and now they're closing in on the cave to capture these guys deploy ordered the officer the men scattered the hardies and their chums being unarmed were obliged to watch from the shelter of the grove because they realized that there would probably be gunfire the men began to make their way across the open space running from rock to rock keeping well scattered all eyeing the entrance to the cave suddenly a shot sounded from the cave entrance. Almost simultaneously, one of the revenue men fired. The boys had seen no one in the cave, but the keen eyes of the rifleman had. And when the body of a man slumped forward out of the cave, <laughs> falling on the rocks with a revolver clattering from his nerveless fingers, <laughs> his judgment was verified. Uh, that's the one-liner. Children's book. His judgment, His judgment was verified. Was verified. <laughs> or verified. I said verified, but yeah. Verified judgment. <laughs> Hardy Boys, book, book four. Verified judgment. <laughs> Dude. So that's like one of those stings that we were talking about earlier where he was like, they tried to do this. It didn't work. It's just like that good sting, which was making me laugh. His judgment was verified as one of those things where it's just like, that shouldn't be in a children's book. Yeah. It's such vivid detail, too. It's so yeah, overwritten. for the nerveless fingers. <laughs> yeah. Just honestly, for the kids, just say, like, he went bye-bye. He's gone. Or. He died. Or, or, or there's no guns. The rifleman shoots in the air. And the guys panic and surrender because they knew the uh, the revenue people meant business. Meant business. Yeah. Yeah. Their judgments were verified. No one, no one slumps forward out of a cave with <laughs> yeah. nerveless fingers. We do, however, get the classic uh, PG-13 uh, 
save on the next page of, in a few moments, the gang were securely handcuffed. The man who had been shot was attended to, and it was found that he had been wounded, but after a brief examination and the rendering of first aid, the officer assured the victim that he would live to face trial with the rest for the abduction of Chet and Biff. And this is like when somebody, like, there's a big explosion in a movie, and then you can, like, there's just a quick shot of somebody gasping for breath. And you're like, okay, they yeah, didn't die. Oh, he made it through, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he'll, he'll be okay. And so they wrote that in here of like, yeah, we shot him. But, <laughs> but a little first aid. Just, that could just be something where some, they, the, the first publishers were was, like, hold his judgment was very... <laughs> It's a cheesecloth. You know it's not a handkerchief. It's like, boys, give me something. Sifting through clots. What were you saying about verified judgment? Sorry. Oh, his judgment wasn't really verified. So I feel like when he wrote his judgment was verified, the publishers read it and were like, this is too far. You need to, like, you can keep it. It's beautiful. It's flowery. But just let the audience feel safe again. This guy should get his own judgment in trial. Boom. So let's have him live to see trial for the yeah. abduction of Chet and Biff. There we go. That's a happy ending. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And then the uh, mm. we we talked about the the relationship with Fenton Hardy, um, but he never after they recall everything, he never is like, "Whoa, you took guns! You took my guns!" Yeah. Uh, no, nothing. No, no, nothing, nothing about his about trophy that. guns being gone. And we also don't get a scene where like the boys sneak back to the house and put the guns back before Fenton <laughs> notices. Covered in snake blood. <laughs> <laughs> they put the dead snake in there too. He's just wearing it like a belt. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a coonskin hat, it's a snake. Just not even a snake skin. It's just a full snake. They wrap it around their head. Just That's five headband. feet. You can make it like a snake turban. Oh, easy. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> a snurbin. So, so when they rewrote the book, they took out guns. They took out animal abuse. Yeah. Uh, they took out, obviously, by taking out guns, you take out shooting a man and his yes. nerveless fingers. <laughs> uh, there still are gunfights in the rewrites. Yeah, uh, like but they're when, handled when the, with a little bit more care, I think. Yeah, like they were in a boat and they had to duck down while the gunfire was taking place. They could hear the gunfire, but they couldn't see. There weren't flames licking out of the barrel <laughs> through the night, inches from Joe's head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think all in all, from an objective standpoint, they made these books more kid-friendly, which yes. I think we, as adults... Not not we, but people older than us are like, oh, and they ruined the books. It's yeah. the kind of thing where zooming back out several years later, it's like, no. I think by taking out the part where the two protagonists kill <laughs> kill an animal, <laughs> I sneak agree. up on an animal and kill it, I think taking that part out, taking that lesson away is probably going to be fine. Yeah. The, I think my biggest issue with the the rewrites is they dumb it down. It's a far easier read for children. They take out uh, some of the the good vocabulary. I'd say they they dumb it down as far as like the uh, what actually happens in a scene, but yeah. they clutter it up with story that 
is that doesn't matter like that we all hate. these different little pieces that they managed to tie in together but this original book is much more straightforward of boys missing go find boys boys guarded sneak away shoot guards the end. yeah kill snake the kill end. snake yeah bat, bat <laughs> snake crush annihilate snake. snake yeah, yeah. <laughs> shoot a bird <laughs> shoot a bird i like that yeah masticate the snake I would very much like to know what the writer's room was like. I would very much like to talk to someone who was part of that room in the 50s when they rewrote these. Someone who was like a 20-year-old young buck. Yeah, an intern. Some sort intern of, yeah, someone around. who was just there, who's in their 70s now, who we could just do a quick interview with being like, what was it like in those situations? Well, to be honest, there was a heated debate and they were going back and forth and back and forth with the author of the focus group, and they had me kill four snakes to see if it could be done in a way that was less violent. In front of all these children. <laughs> they're just like, how do you react to this? <laughs> all right, try bashing it again. All right, do you want me to, like, what was the, the wordage of, like, sticking it crush in? Crush in. Crush it. Do you, you want me to crush, crush in or crush? In or crush? <laughs> what do you think, kids? Just jaws agape. Try shooting it again. The, the yeah. double shot. Fire indiscriminately toward the snake. <laughs> um, that won't be a problem. I was actually uh, raised. My grandfather taught me how to shoot and my dad. Okay, let's get someone else to do it. <laughs> He-Man. He-Man, come here. <laughs> George He-Man. Do you have any gun training? No. Good. Starts You're boxing perfect. it. <laughs> Prefer not to use the stick. I don't know why that he sounds like that. And then puts his like head that, on a grill. <laughs> it turns into My a dad didn't teach commercial. me to shoot. He taught me to grill. <laughs> oh. oh. Just hunting with, with the handheld the... George Foreman grill. Uh, David, we have completed book four, the original book four, and three chapters comparing the three main ports, points of difference between the two. Yeah. Which it, means. I know. I bought it yesterday. Next up is book five. The is, missing uh, hunt for the gold. Something with the gold. Yeah. Right. Did you know what it's? You already have it, don't you? I don't. I don't. Oh. I think this is the one that's missing from my collection of the first 10 or so. I just bought it. It was the best $8 I've ever Hunting spent. Hunting for hidden gold. Hunting for hidden gold. Yeah. I saw on Amazon that it is a teacher's pick. Ooh. Yeah, so this one's supposed to be good. As compared to this one, which was a herpetologist's <laughs> pick. You know it. I'm getting better at doing that little hand flip finger slap thing. I can hear it. It's good. Not as good as this. <laughs> you know it. Um, That's ASMR to me. You know what I found to be ASMR? What did you find to be ASMR? You know those... What's the, the specific brand of mask they want you to wear? It's like the NP50... N95. Yeah, that. so that has a flap inside of it to where you can tell it's working. That's holding in your breath and everything. And it makes this noise that sounds like a flag blowing in the wind. <laughs> and I was recently doing a storyboard meeting with my 
friend Forrest is going to be the gaffer of this movie. And he was just breathing with that. And every like, you know, five, six seconds, I would just hear. And I just kept like getting lost in it. I was like, this is the most patriotic mask ever because I'm just thinking of a high flying flag. I mean, it's a pirate flag, of course. Obviously. Yeah, See, I no would doubt. Think if, if I were in that situation, I would be trying to alter the way I was telling stories to see if I couldn't make him start to breathe faster, like really start to intrigue him, start to, to build some suspense. Yeah, just, just okay. go from that six seconds, maybe get okay. it down to four. I want to see, see what I can, can do. I got a little pocket watch, too. We're going to start timing this out. I want to see how much anxiety I can give someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so we've got book five, season five coming up. We'll obviously talk off podcast about our schedules and details as far as recording that. But I wanted to say to our listeners, thank you for your patience with a couple weeks off here and there as we were figuring this all out. And there might be one other week off. Hopefully not. Yeah. But it, but if you, you see this and there isn't an episode next week, our apologies, but we are getting season five, which we're trying to change the production value a little bit. Oh, yeah. Some new formula, out, baby. New segments. We're retooling it a little bit. And we want your feedback on that once it's out there, too. So bear with us. And uh, and if you're a bear, we will crush in your head. <laughs> Learned, it in, your judgment. Learned it in a kid's book. <laughs> if you are a bear, your judgment has been verified by the Hardy and Sons. Yeah. So I would hope that we'll find more animals alive when we, when get, we get to book to five. Book five. Crushed it. Crushed it in. 